Live from Red Bull Studios, New York. Now pop no style. I strictly roots. Now pop no style. I strictly roots. See me on the road, I ain't a call out to me. See me in my pants and teeth. See me in my outer back. See me give a heart attack. This is Marcel and Isabel, and you're listening to the Top Rank podcast. It's been a while since we've um, done one of these. Um, the last one we did was at the Mommy Market at Knockdown Center, which was awesome. But uh, we're back at it again, and we're super excited to have some wonderful guests with us here today. Um, right now, we're sitting with Ariana Maya. Um, Antonia Perez and Rebecca Sturkin from the Brujas, um, an organization, a feminist organization who does um, work collective organizing through um, skateboarding and community activism. So Ari was actually on episode four, and, and in fact, some of the ideas that she put forth about the challenges of radical and countercultural self-organization and representation are what inspired the conversation that we're about to have. So, and also at the moment, Brujas is involved in a two-month residency at Recess Gallery downtown, um, in which they're hosting a ton of events and educational workshops through December 23rd, so definitely check that out while it's still going on. Awesome. So I, I guess to start out, it makes sense to hear from you all about what Brujas is, like what kind of impelled the start of this, this organization, and um, what are some of the social movements, histories that inspire the work that y'all do? I like to sometimes answer the the question, what is Brujas, by saying, I don't know. Like, literally, there's a lot of power and a lot of, like, men who do a lot of creative work, who have collectives and, like, random art projects just kind of dismiss the thing by saying, I don't know. And I've just been super empowered by hearing them say that. So sometimes I just want to start by saying, I actually do not know. However, it does have its origins in the South Bronx at a skate park called 157. Um, it's me and my homegirl, Shayla. One summer, we're just kind of like, okay, you guys, you boys have your skate crew. We have ours, Brujas. And then we started throwing a house party uptown that was super popular in the Bronx skateboarding community. And since then, you know, we just have been using it as a creative platform for all of its members to use as they see fit with no limitations. Um, the first time we talked to others about it outside of our direct community we said we had intentions of it being something between the young lords and quarter snacks quarter snacks is like a, a source of skateboarding culture downtown skateboarding culture they call themselves like a multicultural skateboarding magazine and it's just a goofy group of friends that do really amazing and creative things um that I was super inspired by growing up downtown skateboarding in the Lower East Side. And then the Young Lords, of course, being like the Puerto Rican nationalist, like radical, anti-racist, anti-fascist organization uh, that started in Chicago and then was super uh, strong and present in New York City as well. Um, I think that remains something in between Quarter Snacks and the Young Lords. And even though we've gone in a million different directions and we don't really know what it is, you know, it's kind of like self-defining and what we actually do. You know, like we do a lot of things. We can talk about all the things we do. And I'm going to let Antonia and Rebecca talk about some of those things. But, you know, it's just it's like a free form feminist art concept. 
um, that like has been around the world and back via the internet. It's wild. <laughs> I think what started my interest in Brujas, I grew up with Ariana, I've known her for years, but <clears throat> we were talking one day, or I don't know how it even came up, but she had had her skate crew, you know, Brujas was already going on, and she was like, we should throw a party, like a like a organized party, not just a house party, and like, there's all these, we always go to parties that are all thrown by dudes, like every single DJ is a dude, the guy working the door is a dude, um, the guy per- making the list, like the everything, promoter. the promoter, it's all boys, but all they want is girls to come to their party. In the end, they're all trying to get girls to come. Yeah. So, you know, and then there's, like, that whole objectifying situation there where you're like, oh, I'm going to this party to, like, put on a show for a bunch of dudes. Like, you know, we felt like we couldn't even go and dance places because everyone want to grab you. And, like, that's cool. Like, I mean, not the grabbing, but you know what I mean. Like, it's cool that boys want to party with us. Like, I get it. Or girls in general. But the idea that nothing was controlled by us, but they were profiting off it and be- and getting lit. Like, on- like whatever. Like, at clout, blah, 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 whatever you want to call it off of our presence, not like me and Ariana, but just females in general, like they're getting lit off our presence. They're not, no one wants to go to a party with a bunch of dudes. They want to go to a party with a bunch of girls. Regardless of all of those why is that? Well, because girls are so popping. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. what Bruja says. Yeah, yeah. It's a worldwide recognition that fucking women rule. Yeah, and so we was like, why don't we just throw our own party where me, her, and Destiny are gonna DJ? We don't have a male DJ. We only have females. Like, there's no, like, you know, not that we don't. We actually yeah. at our first official party, we charged men at the door and not females, yeah. and it got <laughs> yo. I swear to God, to this day, people be like, yo, that Susia y'all threw one time. Yeah, it was like the best party. Girls to every one dude, and that was so lit because girls were just dancing everywhere, like without like the fear of like being like come on to by a guy, which isn't the scariest thing, but it can be really like it just makes me even me, I'm confident, like I don't really give a fuck about any what dudes think about me, but still, if I'm at a party where everyone's a dude and I'm dancing, I feel like everyone's watching me and I'm like putting on a show for them, and it's like that's not why I came here, like I mean, like I don't know. And so, the Brujas gave me personally a platform where i could be like yeah i throw parties with my friends that are females and i'm never gonna feel like no girl i ever invite is gonna feel uncomfortable in that space or like they didn't have a good time or that like some boy harassed them or they felt like watched by somebody it was all like nah we all just gonna let loose and it became like the best i swear to god it was it's so hard to recreate that vibe i swear people try and like they can't like we just had yeah, it. the blue like, house I, parties that popped off last summer at elvis guest house were like out also of control. in the bronze and also anti-prom which everybody here worked on were unbelievably amazing hell yeah just like super legendary we're very proud of that definitely and we also started coasting ghetto gothic that was this summer which was really cool yeah, so, you know, we throw parties. That's a big part of what we do. You know, like, the cultural activism. It's, like, really important in this conversation, too, to distinguish between, like, what we consider political activism what we consider, like, political cultural activism because it's, like, two things. And, like, a lot of, I feel like the, like, millennial approach to politics has been through culture and identity. And we're also, like, other people in Brujas, like Izzy, um, and and as a group too, we're also very committed to like making material political differences in the the legacy of like the Underground Railroad, the abolitionist movement, the Young Lords, the Black Panthers as well. So it's not just about culture, even though that's what we get a lot of attention for doing because the youth are very involved in that. You know. So to me, Brujas kind of, in my 
memory of you know growing up with Ari as well in high school and having a lot of classes together and just like skateboarding together going to the LES going to the 12th and A having Ari buy me my first skateboard for my 16th birthday oh my was, god that is so cute I didn't even remember that <laughs> it was like all right we're, we're having all these political conversations together forming our thoughts forming our platforms when we're 15, 16, 17, 18 years old, going to college, still writing to each other like, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? Um, so Brujas made a lot of sense, and it was like, great, like, let's build this up, you know, especially as it starts getting more attention. Like, we can do so much with this platform, like Ari just said, as, like, being in that legacy of the Young Lords of the Black Panthers. How are we impacting our community through... At every level, you know, like that's what's powerful in a in a organization like this where it can be so many different things. Yeah. Um, so for myself, you know, while I, I love the parties, I love the skateboarding. Uh, in the name, what made a lot of sense to me is like the herbs and the healing. Like my dad has been calling me Suburujita since I was like seven, you know, like always concocting herbs and picking plants and it's like mirujita mirujita um and like that's where a lot of the the herb herbal medicine comes out like the urban herbalism uh how do we bring these hands-on skills to people in the city to care for their well-being to not have to rely on a pharmaceutical system that is straight up killing people you know that's exploiting their health you know and making them addicted to drugs to um i'm not saying that you know we don't need some of those things but what what can shift if we know how to heal our bodies right what shifts if we don't run to the to the -the over-the-counter drugs the minute that um you know we're having cramps or that we have a headache I think that can feel very very empowering if we know what plants we can use and for our present day, but also as a form of connecting with our ancestry, of connecting with our indigenous roots as well, which has been, which colonization tried to erase, you know, so that that, so the fact that that knowledge still continues to exist today is very powerful, that, oh, we can still touch into this plant knowledge. Um, So yeah. And also as like an anti-capitalist organization, obviously environmentalism is a big part, and like that's, you know, Antonia, that's been Antonia's bag since high school, you know, like t- caring about the earth. For sure. And that is like definitely the work of healers because we're watching our earth be, you know. And that type of stuff just apart. reclaims your personal power as a human being. When people like Antonia can teach me about whatever plant that is on my block or like in whoever's backyard, I'm like, wow, I don't, it, it, it gives power back to people. Yeah. That, like, directly. yeah. And also, like, oh, let's like talk about the Anthropocene and like about like, the fact that we don't ever interact with other species except for like t- like cat to cats and dogs and like pigeons yeah, every day. <laughs> super like, what is that? Yeah, exactly. In that relationship right. between dogs and cats, you know? But uh, just going to what you were saying, like, as an anti-capitalist organization as well, like, the relationship that capitalism has towards the earth is very similar towards the relationship it has towards people, especially people of color. It's, like, used as resources, you know, like, the exploitation that that we are witnessing that has been happening for the past 500 years. I mean, if you go even further than that, like, during feudalism, 
that mentality doesn't regard the earth as living. You know, it's like, this is ours to extract. We own this. Same with people. Ari, you mentioned that Brujas has, has sort of taken you around the world and now has a global reach. So a question that we had is, we is, is the Internet has made a lot of that possible, especially social media, just being able to communicate in an international way immediately without kind of like a stamp of institutional approval. So two-part question here. What role has social media played in sort of, in sort of galvanizing your movement? And secondly, how do you address and manage the threat of government surveillance, which did dismantle other groups that you look up to, for example, the Young Lords? Um, yeah, I'm, I guess I uh, am the kind of social media, like, I'm good at social media. I'm not going to say, like, in comparison to any anything, but I, I run most of the social media and, like, most of the PR that Brujas has, and um, I've been really about <coughs> social media ever since I got first access to it with MySpace. Um, for real. Uh, it's just always been my way of talking to the world. You know, I'm like, LES kid, loud mouth. And I want everybody to hear it. Um, so I love social media. Um, and me and Antonia sometimes fight about it because she's really about like, but just be present and like, look at the plants. And I'm like on my phone, like 16 hours of the day, you know? And, um, you know, it's really, it's fire being able to, like, have reach into other communities and hear, get DMs from girls being like, we want to start a chapter, you know, that's like, but it's also like other organizations were starting chapters and spreading their message in other ways before social media. So it's not like, it's kind of like inevitable Either way, people are looking for ways of liberation, and I don't think that like social media is going to be our is our savior or our salvation. I just think it's I don't know. What do you when we talked to that when we had that like nice little hike and we talked about social media? Mm. What do we? I mean, it, what it is is for I'll, I'll say this for people who are severely under resourced. Uh, you know, I went to a private liberal arts college where people's parents had startup money, you know, like, oh, like, you want to do this? You want to throw these $10,000, $15,000 parties? We'll fund them, you know? So for people who are severely under-resourced, and I'm not saying that that's necessarily my position. I'm not severely under-resourced, but I don't have startup money. I, I didn't apply for grants to get this off the ground. Um, social media has been a really nice way of, like, pooling resources, and I think that's the, that is a very cool and powerful way. Like, for example, the 1971 Kickstarter, like, that, that wouldn't have been possible without the internet, you know? Or, like, uh, we were in Miami last weekend, and we were looking for a place to stay. We just throw up a little, like, oh, who's got a spot in Miami, and boom, you know, we don't have to spend money on hotels. It's, like, uh, it's a way of, like, pooling resources for like-minded individuals and also, you know, communicating and, like, finding, it's weird, but, like, cyber community. And I've made a lot of really good friends through the Internet. I've gotten a lot of really good jobs through the Internet, too. In terms of the surveillance question, um, one of our next big topics is, like, Antifa, the second wave Antifa, like, the anti-fascist movement. And, like, we are really going to workshop getting all of our all of our stuff encrypted and, like, using the most, like, secure ways of communication possible. Because I am, after the 1971 project, I'm, like, de we are definitely on lists. Like, it's over. Like, 
I, I like and at this point like I've talked to my elders who like people who work at like Kendrick Lamar for example who are like have super visibility and talk pretty with a, with a lot of clarity about white supremacy you know I'm like what's up like doesn't the government want to get you and they're kind of like oh well if they wanted me they'd, they'd come and get me right now like I don't have a bunch to hide you know and like I, I definitely have premonitions of spending time like in jail and there are tons of political prisoners right now and I'm definitely not like saying that it's not going to happen to me, you know? Could you introduce 1971 really quick for anyone who's listening who, who isn't familiar? Uh, 1971 is like a satellite streetwear project that Brujas put forward during the national prison strike that started on September 9th, in, which is was the anniversary of the Attica uprising um, in 1971, which is like the largest prison riot in U.S. history. Um, so in 2016, during that... Um, the, the start of 2016 prison strike, we wanted to launch a project in solidarity with the prison strikers. Um, and we we uh, came up with a, f- a fundraising project and we made streetwear with our, our closest friends and put it on Kickstarter. Sh- long story short, like raised 23K and like launched a new brand. Um, yeah, I would say for the social media question that the impact that it's had that we don't even know, right? There's so many people that, like from the 16,000 followers that Peru has had, um, that it has inspired girls either to start skateboarding uh, or to even know what 1971 is or even to understand a little bit more about the prison industrial system. I think that that project really started a conversation about that in a lot of communities that I was a part of. very easy for people to forget like that prisons are there since they're out of sight of our immediate lives uh it's kind of that threat that lingers of like if you uh get out of hand then like that's that place away that you can go to um but when you have friends that have experienced that and you hear those stories it's just like damn that place that that's a really crazy place and they should not exist um and then that goes into a whole conversation of, like, why do prisons exist in the first place? Uh, so, yeah, I think that that social media is an amazing platform to be able to share a lot of this information uh, in ways that can also be attractive to people. So, like, a, a streetwear, uh, two-piece streetwear brand where you're just, like, rocking something that maybe you don't understand at first, but you're wearing it, so you need to know a little bit more about what it is. You should also talk about how, like, so, like we do so much programming that's enabled by social media, like yeah. like the herbal the herbalism workshops. Like, we throw up a flyer, and then Antonio gets, like, 13 confirmations within, like, four hours, you know? Well, even more yeah. than that, yeah. yeah. Um, absolutely, like, the f- we've had two urban herbalism uh, workshops this year, one in June and the other one in September, October. Um, we threw up a flyer and like 600 people liked it, had about 50 people emailing me like, I want to do it, I want to do it, I want to do it. Um, and some people that just found out about it because someone who was who follows Brujas shared it with a friend. So it's a very fast way for people to spread that information. Now, I think one of the downfalls is for people that aren't on social media. This is something that I think about a lot. Like when I'm in Washington Heights, I'm just like and have conversations with people on the block. I'm like, do you know what Brujas is? And they're like, no. You know, so that that. Like, getting out of social media is also also so essential. Like, people that don't spend all their days uh, 
on their phones or for people that don't have iPhones or that don't have Instagram, like how are they getting involved uh, is a question that I'm also asking myself. So like I'm a big fan of like real life flyers too. And that's something that we haven't done much, but um, you know, posting that up on lo- in local bookstores and just being having that hands-on tactile relationship with people face to face. I think we honestly I actually haven't thought of what you brought up Isabel about um, not, like national surveillance in terms of brujas. I've definitely thought about it in terms of myself since I've been like 15 years old. I've been like, oh my god, one day I'm gonna have to go black and like have no phone and like not be anywhere close to the internet because I'm gonna probably die for some cause that they're gonna put me on a stake for. Facts. Like I've thought about that personally so so I hard love you into so like much. into like almost a psychotic like <laughs> like turmoil into my own bedroom. Like oh my god, like the, like you know just like reading tons of whatever. I've been there, but I actually haven't thought about it. In in terms of brujas and not that I do I swear one day we're gonna have to literally like not actually like any type of organ like if shit gets really crazy bro we're not gonna be able to post what we're gonna what was <coughs> our next move on Instagram because there's gonna be too many people watching us like and I like it's funny that I haven't thought of that in terms of our group I've only been like yeah one day I'm gonna be off the map like <laughs> in a bunker somewhere waiting to shoot somebody but I swear I've dead ass thought about this shit before but now that I'm thinking about it like we're gonna have so much power like in these times like not so much but you know what I mean like we're gonna have that leg in the door I think door you're right though people are sh- turning to us because yeah, the shit but, is getting crazy but, yeah. what, but if it gets you know the idea that they they can watch us they spy on us but they don't no one really cares right now just because like what are we really doing like yeah they could like watch us but we're we're just mm, we're, mm. We're, we're doing legal things with kickstarters and like blah 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 right. but if they wanted to silence us and control us and like you know, they take control of our capital right? and take control of our yeah yeah, yeah the yeah. U.S. government yeah Facts. the government um if they wanted to control us and silence us Empire. they could in two seconds and they just don't have that. They don't have that fire under them yet because it's too shaky for them to even look like such fascists openly. But one day if it does get there, I don't even know what we would do. Like, I have to start thinking about this now. Like, how would we, like, we'd have to have some real underground organization. I think we'd be so good at it, too. We'd be fire to be clandestine as well. Yeah, Yeah, I I mean, I think if it comes to that, I know that we're all ready to do so. Like, I know you are. I know Antonia is. I know that other members of Brujas I could mention would definitely be down to, like, really 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 commit our entire lives to our political cause like that's i know that me and adi and antonia are definitely in there for that and um it's gonna be a whole new story when we're gonna i don't know like if we really have to hide like you know like not be so open like right now it's our it's one of our biggest resources but it might be one day one of our biggest uh enemies you know the fact that like if we do have so many people watching us how much could we really get done that's anti-government which is one of our biggest yeah. goals and like right. things that we talk about. And I don't know how much we can do publicly. I'm not sure. You see, it's like a real mm-hmm. mess in my brain of like futuristic ideas. I can't even. It's not even futuristic. It's just like well, literally the history, the history of this organizing yeah. is, actually, is yeah. actually that. It's like um, Pro. I'm talking yeah. Like, yeah, like really crazy. I think <laughs> as well, just in general, everyone, whether they're doing political organizing work or not, they should... Care. Be aware and care of, that they have a tracking device on yeah, the little times, or at care all times. that someone can always silence them if they wanted to, and no one cares right now because they're not doing it because 
it looks bad, right? Or really. that our information is being sold and being kept as as data. Crazy. Yeah, and it cre- our information creates so much value for like companies like Google and stuff. Yeah, it's like I've heard like really interesting arguments about solving like income inequality through actually compensating people for the data that they produce for companies, and I've been like, that's pretty interesting. Um, but yeah, that, that was just a side note. Um, yeah. This, yeah, I was just thinking about like. No, but literally, like we're on our second wave Antifa yeah. shit. Like we are yeah. going to address this. We are yeah. we we are talking about surveillance. We are talking about the like the panopticon, like that is part of the discourse. And we we do like talk. <laughs> we do talk about that. You know, and yeah. 1971 has definitely been one of our major outlets for talking about surveillance and like panopticism and like uh, the social control. Mm. What's well, really interesting too, just looking at the history of the Black Panthers, like reasons for um you know part of their their breaking is like infiltration right something oh my god (laughs) right so when you have something that is open right so open like what is what does that look like um i mean we're not at that point yet we're like infiltration but yeah i mean Uh, yeah No, no, yeah. We're, I mean, as as we've grown in popularity, like we're definitely changing the model to be something that's a little bit more mafia-like, you know, for real. Yeah, like. Clo- and also, you know, we say the Black Panthers and the Young Lords, but also somebody I want to bring in is the um the the oh, it's the Young Patriots. It's also a, like young the nationalists. Ra- yeah, it's um it's the <laughs> Rainbow Coalition mm-hmm. because we also this is the thing that's very misunderstood that we are working with. People of all races. We are talking about like building race coalition and and also doing like race um, trade. Like we like we want to work with race traders. You know right. what I mean? We want to work with radical whites. And like that's been so so. It's such a hard thing to talk about because like the, like millennial people of color um, and Antonia and I both identify. I would say as millennial people of color, like are really about uh, being like fuck white people. <laughs> Key. <laughs> for sure. And, and, I said that the other and, day when I was at... Um... You know, and it's like, no, actually, in the history of the Black Panthers and the Young Lords, they also, there are also, like, radical working-class white people who are looking to these organizations for direction. The, mm-hmm. um, the Young Patriots are one of those. Um, and I'm, like, right now I'm reading a lot about coalition because that is something we have to bring into our discourse um, mm-hmm. so much. And, yeah. I was actually so you're you're talking a lot about the the work that you do and and, and the value that you know uh, the work that you do is providing, um, and of course it's been getting you all a lot of media attention. And I think a, a, a large part of what actually inspired us to to have this conversation in the first place is some of the comments um, Ariana that you made at the mommy market about thinking about how as Brujas kind of gains and grows in popularity, how your your message. And the political work that you do is being um, analyzed and, you know, co-opted by the media. Mm-hmm. Um, interested to hear about that. And also just, like, more broadly, just about the organization's relationship to the media. What's Bruja's sort of, like, media relations plan type of strategy, I guess? 
Um, well, actually, like we're really squaring up and becoming a real organization, like with structure. So we have a P- an official PR person who we've given guidelines to, who now like anybody we talk to will receive like a piece of paper that like really outlines like this is a no, like do not talk. We are not an all girls skate crew. Like we are not all from the Bronx. Because it's just like they they cycle these uh, catchphrases, this clickbait kind of stuff, the all Latina, all this, all that. You know, whatever like is gonna sell that they think is gonna sell and it just gets like reiterated over and over and it's so reductionist it's and it's conflating our identity with our politics in a way that is so annoying and so simplistic like no like our identities don't actually define our politics it's like what we do given our positionality and how we understand the world via our education and our personal experience because a lot of us are do not feel like we've actually received enough information growing up about our history, about colonization. So actually we've gone outside of just like, you know, growing up in the hood or whatever. Like, yeah, we've learned a lot from that experience, being from the Lower East Side, Washington Heights, you know, stuff like that. But we've gone and taken a considerable amount of effort to educate ourselves and educate each other. And like, that is how we developed our politics. It doesn't just come from the nature of being Latina. You know what I'm saying? So, it's just very annoying when our identities are conflated as political. And I think it's, it's, it's going to be the downfall of, of the millennial generation if we don't start to own the fact that we have to learn more, you know, and like actually think about strategizing about taking power away from capitalism mm-hmm. and how do we strategically take uh, power away from patriarchy. And that's like, you know, we have a lot of theory work around like the creative economy and how we are taking power from patriarchy by creating creative opportunities that are that creative economic opportunities for people around us, training people how to be DJs, like encouraging people to get in the studio, you know, stuff like that. Um, we're like talking about ma- like the material reality of women. Um, and that is stuff that's never talked about in the media. Forget it. Materialism, forget it. You know what I'm saying? But it'll survive. But that's, but that's stuff that we write about. And, like, mm-hmm. it, right now, I mean, like, Bruhaz is a baby, but, like, we're, as an organization, but we're, like, developed, like, my vision f- uh, is definitely more about us producing our own content. And, like, we've been doing that, you know, instead of, like, letting people come in and have their interpretations and take away. Like, it's... Unless unless we have, like, a, a very particular goal, like, we want to sell 1971 two-piece sets to raise money, like, yeah, we'll talk to the press, like, we'll get the word out. But, like, all of that, like, we want to come and see what you're, like, do, like, a lifestyle piece. Forget it. We're not doing that anymore. What are some other, like, crazy or ridiculous press requests that you've gotten recently or in the past? I mean, it's it's it's... You know, Fox News tried to do a piece on us. NBC, you know, like Univision <laughs> stalked know. me. Like literally, like hired an organization to find out information about me so that they could contact my mother, know where I live. They came to my door, you know? It's insane. And because it's all because they think that they're going to hit on some hot topic and get those 100,000 shares that gets them whatever amount of advertising dollars, it's all part of a business, you know? We know that we're actually producing value for these companies that are, you know, they're pro- they're profiting. They're, like, maintaining their economic structural organizations th- through our content, and it's, it's old, it's getting boring, and, like, we're gonna do, we're doing content all, all by ourselves now. And uh, what else do I have to say about the press? Um, I mean, that, that La Liga piece... Uh, I wish I had the the name on hand, but it says everything, you know, that we think. L- Luna, um, um, I forget her last name, Olivares, maybe. 
Yeah. What is that? What is that piece about? Is it? Is it a coverage about this time? Yeah, it's just about how like we uh, like young collectives of color, like Art Hill Collective and Bruja, should not be creating content for free, and it's like allowed us to come to the table with certain media um, companies and been like, yeah, well, we could do this, but you're gonna have to pay us. Yeah. So what kind of things are, what kind of content are these companies wanting you to create? They want to just basically extract all your ideas and then... Oh, just like come, do like a little like expose, branded content. Like mm. Branded content is like probably the ri- rising um, medium for advertising, actually. It's like it's not actually an advertisement, but, you know, it is. And that creates a really mysterious space, like between editorial and, and advertising. Where, oh God! Which is kind yeah. of—I mean, we've discussed this as well between right. us. But that's a really difficult place to be located in for the person being written about, especially because money is being made off of your presence, your image, like your body yeah. that you are not privy to, and you're also not receiving the cash from that. And I'm sure that that's something that you guys have all experienced. Oh yeah, for sure. Um. Yeah, but it's been cool, you know, growing up as a as an organization and as also as like business-minded women and learning our boundaries. Um and that has been so empowering and like, you know, working with like professional PR people now and it's, you know, we're on our shit for sure. The um, article in La Liga is why artists and collectives of color need to start demanding magazines to pay us for giving interviews uh, by Luna Olavaria Gallegos. Yeah. Good. Um, I wanted to say something off of what Ari was mentioning about um, just reading and building like our political platform and just like why are we do we think the way that we think? Um, and we were just meant we were talking when we were outside about this, but that we need to really start coming together and having these conversations, like reading groups, um, having opportunities where we're looking at texts, learning from what other coalitions have done before in order to know where we're going. Um, A lot of times right now, or at least in the age that we're living, like so much just gets tossed around, tossed around, tossed around, especially in identity politics. It's really easy to just say like, these people are at fault, but like, what is actually the the problem, you know, like white supremacy, capitalism, like these are the things that like we need to be understanding, like colonialism, post-colonialism, um, that if we are just pinning everything on like, oh, white people and not considering. Or just like interpersonal stuff. A lot of it is expressed between like, uh, like, like people that know each other, you know, and it's yeah. like, uh, how are we actually talking about power, you know, like real power, like structural institutional power? It's like, that's not experienced interpersonally. It's like definitely de- the definition between in- the difference, differentiation, which has like been made between like, like, you know, um, prejudice, prejudice sort of expressions of racism and like institutional racism, you know, yeah. like those same conversations need to happen around identity period. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it saddens me a lot of times when I see, um, like, women of color, to put it like that, right. you know, like, fighting against each other. You know, it's like we, if we're not able to have, commu- communicate and have discussions and be able to be uncomfortable to move past all those, like, um, difference in opinion, you know, to be able to respect those differences and see, like, what is the 
like real evil at hand and power that we need to be taxing, then like Ari said, that's going to be the downfall. <laughs> Facts. Like you words know? like exploitation and fascism are thrown away way too liberally. It's like like exploitation. I, I'm sorry. It's just like a really intense word that like like refers to like like has its origins in like labor. You know, and when you're talking about like friends exploiting each other, it's just like come on, like chill. One thing I, I also did want to say about the media too is like because they use these catchphrases to talk about us it almost like we can't we we have to like resist allowing that to shape what we actually do you know because it's like oh like the public thinks we're this therefore we have to continue doing this and it's like no like I've actually had to go through my head so many times and assure myself like everything that you want to do this is your platform do what the fuck you want to do just because dazed called you this or Vogue <coughs> called you that does not mean that you have to continue and I skate when I feel like it you know like skateboarding you know I grew up it's like it's like part of my body and soul in such an integral way but like what I want to do with Brujas is I'm not that passionate about skateboarding you know, I'm not, I don't think skateboarding is like the, the 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 vehicle of the revolution. Like I would never say something like that. You know, skateboarding is like it's awesome. You know, there's a lot of political elements. It you know challenges private property, brings people together, non-hierarchical, chaotic. Like I could go on and on about the politics of skateboarding, but at the end of the day, I'm like trying to talk about welfare and housing and you know like sex and art. And skateboarding's cool, too, you know? And so it's, it's just like with the whole media thing. It's like constantly trying to be like, all right, the media says this. People are expecting this from us, but we're not going to give them what they expect. And every single day, it's like, fuck you. You don't know what Brujas has coming next. Like, you have no idea. People all the time, I'm like, or like, I'll say like, oh, yeah, I work with Brujas a lot. And they'll be like, oh, you mean those skateboarders from the Bronx? I'm like, kind of, but like, no, like, I don't even know how to explain it to them. They're like, what do you mean? That's like, with like every, everything I've read about them says they're from the Bronx and they're skateboarders. I was like, well, some are from the Bronx, some are skateboarders, but I don't skateboard. I'm not from the Bronx and I've definitely brujas. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just kind of like weird to explain to people sometimes that I'm like, they're like, oh, but you skateboard. I'm like, no, but it's not just about skateboarding. And it's like, literally that's the press. That's what the press does. Like, that's... No one ever... Like, Ariana has never said, this is a skate crew only. Like, it might have started at the immediate start point as, like, a little skate crew, but it was always so much bigger than that, especially because she was just trying to make a crew that was enabling her and her friend Shayla, yeah? It was you and Shayla? Uh, enabling her and Shayla in a skate park full of boys to have their own name. It wasn't really... That, and that's so much more political than just having a skate crew like yeah. you know what I mean like that itself is just a piece of evidence that it's way bigger than that you know yeah, and that just speaks to how projects evolve you know yeah, yeah, 100%. Exactly. like things can't just be stagnant if they're stagnant just like this is all we're doing then all these other projects wouldn't be happening as we're growing as people the projects also growing as we're furthering our politics the projects also growing yeah know? I mean I think that what you guys are saying speaks to an interesting tension between fame and autonomy. I mean, I, f I feel like a lot of news sources probably try and, uh, and hook you guys with the promise of exposure, which is also a great way to get free labor from anyone. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and the, the, the sort of like difficult truth of it is, is that in some ways, the more sort of famous and well-known you become and the more people understand you a certain way, the less power 100%. over who you are you have. 100%. I yeah. couldn't say it better myself. Word. Um, um, but that's how, I mean, okay, look. 
We are working on this so hard. Um, and basically what we're developing is a theory of illegibility, right? Which is like, comes from it, like a his the history of queer theory. Um, and so I'll just read a little bit, a little excerpt from something that's probably going to drop tomorrow. So, um, in The Queer Art of Failure, Jack Halberstein lays out a theory that encourages our discursive preference for failure, death, and illegibility. If legibility is a condition of ma manipulation, illegibility is how we resist the symmetry, division, and planning that complements authoritarian preference for hierarchies. Ruhas thrives in the realm of illegibility and remains there by employing what Halberstein reasons as failure or complex and messy forms of organic profusion and improvised creativity. Um, yeah, and I'll just leave it there. But like, we are hardcore, just because we're as queer people, you know, as like, you know, our methodology, our practice, everything is supposed isn't is supposed to not make any sense, you know? <laughs> and like we're just gonna keep doing projects. I don't think anyone would have seen nineteen seventy one coming, you know what I'm saying? And like we're just gonna keep rolling out projects that don't really make sense to things that people have heard about us before. And that's like how we're gonna maintain our autonomy by just maintaining the strength to just do things that we feel like doing, that are creative, that are like non reductionist, that are queer, that are that challenge power, you know? And that's, I don't know, we're like really, really on it right now because it's just been getting too intense. We'd also like to know kind of specifically about what the actual labor is in, in sustaining Brujas. Like what is the real physical work that goes in every day, you know, in a micro and macro level? Um, how is that sort of part of this this labor of youth, which is a phrase that you've used before, Ari? And how how can we be compensated for that? I mean, how can how can young people and, and organizers find a way to sustain themselves with that kind of work? I mean, these are probably not answerable questions, but would be cool to talk about. They're definitely the most controversial questions because everybody thinks that because you're doing something for the greater good, you should be doing it for free. Um, and it's like this whole like you're not really about it if you like trying to make money. And it's like no, I'm just trying to eat, you know. And then people like start to get into like they think like you're you know it's like they think all of a sudden your life is their is is their business you know what i'm saying um the labor that goes into bruas is like probably over 100 hours a week for sure like as 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 it totals you know with all of its members but, yeah like we were more. we put in so much work especially with recess as of recently like yeah. you know we do like at least two to three events we've been doing two to three events a week for like 3 months straight now we just did a tour um we produce so much content I mean, the other weekend, we had, like, three events in one weekend. We had Urban Indigenous. We had two events at Recess. Um, and the same thing happened. Which was a studio recording workshop and a uh, skate session. Skate session. And then the Urban Indigenous was uh, an event we did um, at the point in the Bronx with the Peace Poets um, and various other uh, Latinx organizations out there. So yeah, it looks like a lot of making flyers, like Photoshop, making flyers, um, developing programming, so taking creative time aside and being like, this is important to us, we want to do this. So like, mm -hmm. you know, sitting down with others and being like, okay, we're going to do this. How are we going to do it? Contacting people, you know. Um, it's a lot of talking too, and like not for nothing, it takes a lot like to sit, that like to talk, but it takes a lot of thought and 
energy to like just like sit with Adi and and Antonia or whoever and like Adi will call me like okay like you know we're supposed to do X like how are we gonna get it like you know what's the best way you think that we can get it you know right, like right. executed and it's like a lot of pressure not pressure in a bat but just kind of like I need to put my brain into the sharpest form that it can be so I can act because like it, it, it so much more falls on Brujas when we do an event it's not just like like if we had done 1971 with poor organizing or poor anything any if any of the work and thought had not been to the highest extent like we could have just wasted a lot of people not you know like wasted everything like we're, yeah, we're, we're, we're giving some we're you know we're 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 giving someone with the product that they're buying from us, which sounds kind of whack, but uh, with the product that they're buying from us, you know, a promise that this money is going to go into very good hands and it's, it, you know, into our hands only, but like not just good hands, like it's going to go to a good place. And that takes that alone, just that, like the fact that we have this money from Kickstarter that we need to make sure goes goes into a uh, what we're calling a community trust which has its own tax status we talk to lawyers i have to talk to accountants and if we don't uh, do the right thing then we're that we're like literally wasting people's times and resources so we know we can never yeah, ever do that it's so it's like so it's, amazing like the 1971 project every element of that was created by a new york city native youth the beat for the video the person who shot the video the people who printed the clothes the people who designed the clothes like all of those creative elements were resourced by our community. So it's like people put in so much, like the labor and create of creative love into like what we do. That is so. It's like, you know, how do you put a price on that? It's invaluable. Like nobody could do what 1971 does for any price. What what 1971 did for any price because we all did it because we're best friends and we love each other. You know, and like that. You know, how do we get how do we comp how do we get compensated? Um, it's, it's like, I don't actually know what a sustainable model for Brujas looks like yet because I, I literally don't know the answer to that question yeah. because it, we don't have one. We break even or we go under all the time and most of it's funded out of our pockets. I mean, on that point too, I'm interested to hear, I mean, of course, Brujas is continuing to grow and you're continuing to learn how to kind of create this self-sustaining organization, but... For for groups for people who who are interested in you know mobilizing these collective political organizations like what what have y'all learned what kind of strategies tools and tips have you you know gained from this experience that perhaps for other people interested in mobilizing mm. in this way what can they how could they start. <laughs> Keep your circle tight. Yeah, that, and also um, patience, communication, like talking through things and not just, you know, if, if one gets upset, just walking away immediately. But, like, interpersonal things come up, you know, different, like, difference in opinions, and we need to be able to talk through things. Like, that is part, for me, like, that is very radical. Like, how do we talk about, how do we talk, you know? Uh, how do we feel uncomfortable? Um, and putting in a lot of time, you know, like sending a lot of emails and connecting with people, like throwing an event takes a lot of time and you're not always going to be recognized. You can put in hours and hours and hours and hours, do a ton of things and someone might not ever say thank you, but it's not about like, oh, well, you know, no one said thank you to me. Like it is really important to acknowledge 
each other and be like, thank you for doing this. But that's not always going to happen. And just to remember, like, wh why we're doing it in the first place. Um, that it might be a week, two years <laughs> before something like So you see like some actually, return, yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's really insightful, Antonio. Um, I personally think uh, one thing, besides all the hours of, you know, reaching out to people, talking that uh, I know that we've done and stuff, especially Ariana. Another thing I think that caught attention to me is, I don't know, Adi to me, like, I don't know, I've known her for a while, and she's always, regardless of her, you know, I forget that, not regardless of anything, she's always oh, very... Say it, she, bitch. No, you're always very, like... I don't know if this is the right word, but, like, with your opinion, and I have been this way, too, and I think this is why we get along so well, and we, like, have very similar ideas. It's, like, unapologetic with our opinion. Like, yes, we should be able to, like, obviously talk, and that's so important, or else there's no progression in community if you can't talk to the people around you. But also, at the same time, knowing when what people around you are, what the people around you are saying or their, like, whatever energy they're putting out is not always, like needed to like you don't always need to hinder what you're gonna say for the for the you know for anyone else's ears like Adi's been someone who will be like go on Facebook and say fuck this or fuck that without like any remorse and like people people like that like even if they are like misconstrued and like what what's exactly driving them to like it if they just think it's like you know edgy edgy yeah. cool yeah. fine it still catches attention when like people it just, like, causing a rise out of people really, really works. And it's but not that like no one does it on fuck purpose. Fuck computers, but, like, though. Like, I'm like that in IRL, too, right? Yeah, oh, no. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I didn't. I just meant that as, like, like, a good example. Like, when you were, like, I meant when you were in college. I wasn't seeing you all the time. Uh, okay, so, okay, like, okay. I could only really connect with you. Not, not like, I could only really connect with you, but <laughs> like, I, I was damn, only. she's going now. I was only really, yeah, like, I would see her on Facebook and, like, okay, she's pissed at Oberlin right now. Like, yeah, fuck <laughs> this school. Like, fuck liberal arts college. Yeah. Like, yeah. and even if, like, people were always arguing with Adi on her, like, wall, <laughs> I would see it from like thousands of miles away and always stick like, like these fucking like whatever cis white boys in her fucking Overland school I'm sorry but like coming at her on her page <laughs> yeah yeah no fuck it fuck that that's what they were doing they're like well I don't think you could say that about all men and I would just be like oh god here we go and I would yeah, be miles nah. away in New York and just be like yeah. I don't even remember. We should bring some of that shit up because I remember dead ass you going off some boys trying to say some shit to you on your Facebook wall and be like, yo, y'all can all blow the grip. Like, y'all don't, <laughs> don't even know what you're saying. Like, yeah, it's crazy. I had, a, I had a lot of problems a with the Jazz Studies Department at Oberlin College. I would just put that on the record right there. <laughs> yeah. I do have a Jazz Studies Department with 90% white men in it. It's just like, okay, cool. Like, good work. Good pedagogy. <laughs> yeah, that was great. But like but that, anyway. that I think like you know people know Adi uh, because of that. You know, like they they like regardless if they agree Dude, with I, her. Dude, I don't was even thirteen want, years old in Tompkins Square Park, and the DA would come and try to play softball where we were trying to skate. <laughs> and every time I would just be there skateboarding in the middle of their game and yelling at them being like, you're the ops. You, they, fuck They should you. try to you get everybody arrested too. Like little yeah. kids. Like we, like everyone was like, like 15. Fuck Facebook. Like I was in cops. Tompkins like, talking shit to the DA. I just know when you was in Oberlin I couldn't see your face. I was but like Tom, Facebook, but okay, let's talk Tompkins though. Which is yeah. really, really where skateboarding started for the kid. But let's, know? let's not forget <laughs> who's there. Like, Calming me down. No, not even. <laughs> not like, even? No, like, when, when, when the cops are, like, on your ass and I'm just, like, talking back at them and I'm the one that's like, da-da-da-da-da. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Antonia got me out of a situation recently. <laughs> that was good. 
No, but in high school, too. In high school, too. <laughs> um, I would also say, just in general, like, in in groups, not even just brujas, but um, collective care, you know, caring for each other, your emotional, mental well-being is really important, and that's something that we always need to be working on, you yeah. know, for ourselves. Um, we're all going through things, you know, yeah. everyone, so... And even when you're a leader and it's kind of in the public eye, that, you know, it's okay to be weak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I don't know if there's anything else y'all want to say, anything you don't think we we touched on or covered, but I think this was an amazing yeah, if conversation. Yeah, if there's any closing remarks that you'd like to add. Um, I just want to say a few other things that um, while <laughs> we were in Miami, we were also in Puerto Rico doing community organizing with all of these amazing Latinx organizations. And it's so important to just keep building with other people and seeing what, what else is is out there. Yeah, you know? and on the topic of Miami, it's like, yeah, the art world loves us. The art world, yeah. it, that, this, is, this is the nature of cultural production is that they take from the margins... And then they, they mainstream it. They streamline it right to the center, right? So us being at Basel, us being at MoMA, us being on in the New York Times, it's not, you know, everybody's like, it's so crazy. It's like, actually, it's not. This is exactly what happens to every subculture, you know? And, like, True. we know what's going on, and it's like we're intelligent enough to, like, use it, use that for what we can and just continue, you know, creating as much chaos, running on the lines of illegibility and, like, um, improvisation as we can to make sure that like you know you want to steal this look from us you want to steal this colorway you want to steal this this um this line um you want to steal this ideology like we got more we're not worried about mm-hmm. anything we're not we're really really like we've got so much more coming and also like the same way that the art world loves us and like they'll eat all the mainstream media they'll eat up whatever we do and there's those issues with that but there's also, like, with Antonia going to Puerto Rico and doing all of, like, just, like, grass, like, roots, organizing with people, real fucking people, bro. Like, they love that shit, too, in a, in a, in a similar but different way because they're not corporations that are, like, benefiting off whatever look that we're giving them or whatever content we're giving their magazine or anything. Like, just, like, telling someone's grandma about, like, brujas, they're like, oh, my God, that's so cool. Like, I want to get, you know what I mean? Like, it really, oh my God. it really, Some like, of our people, girls, people like, love mothers. it. And I'm sure, like, any time yeah. Antonia was in Puerto Rico talking to any of the community organizers she was speaking to they were eating it up in a similar way that the art world does but in a very different way because it's real people and they're not trying to profit off they're just looking for a a neighbor or someone that recognizes their struggle or recognizes just whatever progression that they want to make in their space community with the world and like that's something that we like Antonia definitely just witnessed in Puerto Rico that's so different than what we witnessed in Art Basel. But also, yeah, totally. And and I love that that we were all At doing the same the, time, yeah, yeah, you know, it's like, all right, we're we're covering this that's part of Brujas, but we're also doing this right now. And just the fact of like the politics, you know, in Puerto Rico, it's like not just like the community organizing element, but like what as organizers and radical people looking towards a revolution are we what do we need to understand? You know, it's like essential. that's what it was it's about. Super you know? essential. So that's not like we're profiting off each other, but like how are we building together exactly. and how can we continue learning from each other? Um, 
Shout out to also all the people out in Puerto Rico right now resisting U.S. imperialism. And also the Chicano feminist movement, which never gets any play. Like, we talk about the Young Lawrence and the Black Panthers are very masculine movements. Like, the Chicano feminist movement was, like, absolutely at the core of, like, my political influence. Yes. Like, uh, Asada Shakur. Facts. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Angela Davis. Angela, <laughs> Angela, yeah, Angela Davis. Thank you, Angela Davis. Thank you, thank you Angela Davis. <laughs> yeah, and that's, you know, like, talking, you know, we don't really know where we're going. We don't really know how we're going to fuck shit up, but, like, we know we're working in the legacy of people who have been doing this work for centuries, and that's yes. what what should guide us, you know, yes. knowing that, like, there are people that are going to come after us, and there are people that came before us, and, like, we just have to continue the work. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks so much, all of yeah, you. Yeah, thank for, you so much, guys. Thank you, Red Bull us. Studios, thank for hosting us. Thank you, Recess Gallery, for hosting Brew House. Yep. Yeah. Thank you, thank Top you Rank. Hotline. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> top Rank. Top Rank. Yeah, thank top you, Top show. Rank. Yeah. Top Show. Thank you. Um, <laughs> okay. See me on the road, I ain't a call out to me. See me in my pants and team. See me in my altar bag. See me give a heart attack.